Love is your nature. So put your attention on that because that is a contribution to your life and to the world. That's what we have to give is the energy that we are walking through life with. And that will impact your relationship with yourself and with your partner. So really just take that time and remember that you matter. There comes a time on your soul journey where you are called home to your true self. In answering this call, you are part of a powerful collective shift towards deeper understanding and expansion. You are part of something bigger than yourself. You are in the stage of growth known as enlightenedhood. I'm Lena Lemos, your host and founder of House of Enlightenedhood. I'm here to help you heal and remember the depths of your soul as you step into who you were always meant to be. Spirituality should be as simple as coming home to yourself and tuning into your heart. And on this podcast, I provide you with channeled wisdom and tangible tools to incorporate into your soul exploration. If you're inspired by today's episode, please leave a review, subscribe to the show, and share this episode on Instagram. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you beautiful souls, and happy Monday. I am currently up at my parents' house in upstate New York. My daughter and I drove up here just for some time in nature and giving my husband some time to work on healing his chronic back pain because I don't know about you, but I find it hard and I I must imagine that it's always hard to find time to heal when we're so caught up in the hustle and the bustle. And I feel like this, this week for my family is a hard reset in refocusing on healing and where to draw our attention to that is for the greatest good of all of us, but making sure that we are taking that time to nurture ourselves and do what is best for our health and our wellness and our family as a whole. I am so in awe of your responses to my book, Dear Luna Wild. The things that you have shared with me have been so beautiful and so vulnerable and so raw. And that's exactly was my intention with writing it was creating this safe container for vulnerability and really opening my heart to the world. So I am just so grateful for the loving words that continue to pour in. You can, of course, Find your own copy on Amazon. It is in Kindle and paperback version. And the link to that is in the show notes. And I would just love to know your thoughts after reading it because I've had people who are mothers, people who are not mothers read it. And there's just a general consensus that if you have a mother, then it is for you. And I'm still working on figuring out how to accept the praise and honor it for what it is, which is just really something that hasn't been done before. It's 
it's a memoir, but through letters and they're each letter is unique in its own way, but it also tells a story and it's my journey over the past two and a half years from being in a really dark place of losing myself and not even really sure who I am to being a mom and really struggling postpartum and then coming full circle and finding myself again. And one thing I want to just talk about a little bit, which leads us into my wonderful guest today, is this idea of heart-centered spirituality because for so long I almost felt like I was forcing this spiritual evolution where I thought if I opened my third eye or if I learned all these spiritual things, then that would in turn make me more spiritual and that would help me evolve and that would solve all my problems if I increased my psychic skills and was able to view all my past lives and First of all, here to call bullshit on all of that. And second of all, it's truly been my heart and through my own healing and my own self-discovery that has opened me up to all of that. I think understanding our soul as a whole through these tools is an amazing way to remember and activate and get to know yourself on a completely multidimensional level. But the true work is in the heart. The true work is in the healing. And the true work is in cultivating more love. And I say this in my conversation with Padma, but I kept hearing in my meditations, isn't it a miracle that we get to choose love? Like we're here to choose love in every single moment, which leads me into the channeled message that I received for this podcast this week which if you're not caught up about why I'm sharing these at all, listen to last week's episode or join our garden, which is our free and private spiritual community where I am today sharing my really long story and more about my channeling. But this is your message. And then I want to talk a little bit about it. And it's short and sweet. And it's, can you forgive? even if there's no justice. And I've heard it over and over and I know that someone out there needs to hear it and I know it's so important in the coming months. Again, I don't know why, but it just it just feels like it needs to be the anchor of our healing. Can you forgive without justice? And really forgiving is the highest act of love of all, right? And that's what we're talking about today is love love, love. And I will just say it one more time. Can you forgive even if there's no justice? Yeah, and it's heavy, but forgiveness and that release, even when we don't want revenge or justice, is it's true. It's the highest act of love. And speaking of love, my wonderful guest, Padma Gordon is back and we are talking all things love and celebrating the release of her new book, Being Together, Practical Wisdom for Loving Yourself and Your Partner. So we are talking about how to cultivate more love, more self-love, how to tend to the garden in your heart, which is, yes, the analogy that she used. We're also talking about what if your partner does not have the same type of 
self-awareness that you have? How can you begin to both show up and do the work, even if you're at different places in your journey? And we're also talking about how you can truly show up with more love and have a safe and vulnerable container for love and growth within your relationship, whether it's with someone else or with yourself. Just a little bit more about Padma. Padma is a spiritual guide, embodied mindfulness counselor, and like I said, the author of Being Together, Practical Wisdom for Loving Yourself and Your Partner. She is also a meditation teacher on the Insight Timer app, where she is often featured as one of the staff picks and has over 30 meditations. Padma is a lover of life who invites people to deepen their connection to body, heart, and soul. She teaches about relationships through the lens of awakening. The link to Padma's book and her meditations can be found in the show notes, and I will sit down and talk with her about all things love right after this. One of the biggest reasons I began to tiptoe out of the spiritual closet was I felt so lonely. I didn't have anyone in my life to discuss these soul-level changes that happened when motherhood reawakened me. And that's why I feel so passionate about community and the ways finding soul family can forever change us. If you're looking to find your people and discover spiritual wisdom and guidance in a safe and private space that is off of social media, we invite you to join our free community, The Garden. It's time to grow with us at garden.enlightenedhood.com or text GARDEN to 31996 for the link sent straight to your phone. Can't wait to see you inside. I wanted to start by telling you that the last time we spoke, you said something that kind of was a a huge catalyst for me. And I think Mm -hmm. it's the perfect intro to talking about your book and love and relationships because I asked you what was on your spiritual bucket list and you said something to the extent of just being in in, in a relationship that is full of unconditional love. Mm. And hmm. I had never heard that answer before and it really set me down this path where I think we overthink so much of what spirituality is and uh-huh. what things in our lives are a spiritual practice. And the more that I go inward, the more work that I do, the more that I learn and grow, it really always comes back to love and to self-love and to healing that ego that overthinks it. Mm -hmm. And I think to have a podcast that is a spirituality podcast and talking about love and relationships, and I love so much in your book how you really allude to the fact that love is a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. But and, right. if, and if we looked at it that way, wouldn't that take so much of the pressure off? It would certainly change it. You know, it's really it's about your orientation. So be oriented to love, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and also ask yourself the question: Am I being loving? Is this action an action that is aligned with loving myself and loving my partner or whomever I'm with? Yeah. So let's talk about your book, which I told you before we started recording that I just couldn't put down. And Mm. I think it's just such a beautiful reminder for no matter how much work you've done in your relationship, because 
you there's just light and love pouring off of the pages and the way that you address things that maybe someone could say in a much harsher way about love and approaching relationships. It's just the way that you word things and you describe people and their relationships is just, it's so loving. And I just had chills reading it because if we could, you're approaching love basically from a loving place, which I guess Mm -hmm. seems obvious. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's, I think there's so much about the way that we approach love that is obvious, but we've forgotten or almost are so caught up in the daily hustle or feeding into our triggers or to our shadows that we forget that it's always as simple as taking a step back and choosing love. Yes. Yeah. You're so right. Well, first of all, Lena, thank you so much. I'm just, I'm so touched that you couldn't put my book, which is called Being Together, Practical Wisdom for Loving Yourself and Your Partner, that you couldn't put it down. Mm. You know, that's really, first of all, really touches me. And that there's love and light pouring off the pages is, is beautiful because it's, I'm just really receiving that reflection. And part of what it takes um, to have a loving relationship is to do exactly. I mean, this is a great example because you've begun our conversation here today with a deep appreciation of my book and of what I am putting forth and what you received from it. And then I'm taking a moment to let it in, to really receive it. Mm. So appreciating yourself and your partner and then taking time And it really is this pausing to receive what's being given, to make room, to let it in because it's nourishment. And then also it's seeding the ground. Then the ground of your relationship is being seeded with love, with positivity. It's just because a relationship, any relationship is a garden. Mm. So what do you want to grow in your garden? And what are you planting? And it's so huge to um, take the time to plant the seeds and to receive and acknowledge what's being planted. So thanks for starting us off with that. Of course. I love so much that you said that. And just to share a little bit with you, my most recent evolution that we were talking about a little before has been so much about honoring the garden that's within our hearts. And in a meditation, I was actually taken to the heart space of the universe that was a garden. And I was told Mm. that my job is to help bring people there because it exists within all of us. And I actually was smiling so much when I saw all your garden of love references in the book, because it's so true that we have the power to cultivate this growth and plant these seeds and to honor the cycle of growth and blooming and death and rebirth all within these kind of micro and macro seasons of our life. And to be able to do that with love, I think is just what I said before. It's overlooked almost. Mm-hmm. That's true. And so how do you know? So what are the practices for being able to approach yourself and your partner if you have one? And if you don't, I just want to say, if you're listening to this and you are not in a relationship right now, Tending to self-love, tending to the garden of your heart, 
to this vast love of the universe that lives in you and me and everyone is a great investment. Mm -hmm. It's because you're investing in yourself, you're tending to yourself, you're tending to love because the primary relationship really is with yourself, is with the universe, is with the divine. And so when you grow that relationship, when you tend to that relationship, it overflows because how we treat ourselves is how we're going to treat others. So taking the time, right, through meditation, through time in nature, through whatever the practices are to tend to that inside yourself is foundational. It's foundational for cultivating the garden of love that that lives in you. That was one of the hardest truths for me to accept when I was really this spring, one of the really deep wounds that I was unpacking was my relationship wounds because I felt like I had all these relationships where I wasn't seen or honored in the way that I wanted to be. I had friends and loved ones who just felt like just got up and walked away and felt like that the relationship ended abruptly without much closure And at the root of that wound, I discovered that so much of what set the precedent for that was within me. And that because I hadn't loved or honored myself in the way that I wanted to be loved and honored, it it really set the stage for how I allowed others to treat me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which is why aligning with yourself and aligning with self-love is so key in any relationship because if you're self-loving and self-respecting you will attract that in a partner you will grow that in your partnership if you're in one Mm -hmm. and so it's really important to take time to align with yourself and to really know yourself because otherwise you will attract people into your life who are the um the puzzle piece that fits with your own wound, with your own Mm. dysfunction. And in order to find people, and and I just want to say, oftentimes we meet somebody and we say, oh, it's great. I feel so at home. Well, it's good to take it slow and really make sure you're in integrity with yourself and in alignment with yourself. Otherwise, what feels so great is that your dysfunctions are two pieces of a puzzle mm. and they're and they're interlocking and it's like great this is love and so we have to kind of as you said earlier we have to slow down and we have to step back and when the love hormones kick in and everything just feels so good we're just being flooded with oxytocin and dopamine and norepinephrine and all these things it's uh you got to slow down. So that's why having a practice and a practice that takes you into yourself is so crucial. And being able to really see who's there because you want somebody who's going to love and respect you that you and you can love and respect them because a relationship is an evolutionary container. Potentially, it is a container in which you can heal and grow and blossom into the best version of yourself. That's what's really possible. That's what I I have discovered more deeply through writing 
being together, and then through living into that in my relationship, in my present relationship, which is only a little more than two years old. And yet it has evolved immensely by doing what I speak to doing in the book. And now, like when you write a book, you learn a lot about whatever it is you're writing about your chosen topic. And so if you know the right things to do to create a healthy dynamic, then like for me, now I'm actually responsible for doing those things Mm. because I know, I know what is needed and I know what I can do. I love how honest you are in the book as someone who has been a spiritual teacher for years and years and years and you've done the work and you've put in so much work into yourself into your own heart yet you're still so honest that there still are triggers and there still are fears and there still are mm-hmm. layers to peel back and I think that's such an important point to bring up because mm-hmm. there's not only two realities that are coming into unity in a relationship but there's also just so many different perspectives within yourself that we continue to lay eyes on sometimes for the first time in a relationship and mm-hmm no matter how much work you do, we're always going to have to work on something. And so I just love that honesty because I think there's a misconception about self-development, soul development, inner work that you heal something once and it's forever gone out of your reality. Yeah, that's that's definitely misunderstanding. You heal it and then there's another layer. Yes. And the great thing about, um, well, also the, the great thing about a relationship is that it's a container. It's a context for healing when it's a safe, committed, stable relationship. And I thank you for acknowledging my honesty, my transparency in the book. And it just, that's just, it just felt true. I mean, I'm in the process and the more I'm in this relationship, because this is the relationship I'm in now and for the foreseeable future, um, the more things actually do arise. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, oh, I've done so much work on myself. I'm complete. I'm complete. Nothing else is going to show up. It shows up. And the difference is after you've been doing your work for some time over years, internally. And I really recommend working with a professional of some kind. So you get reflection because it's inside outside. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to do it all by yourself. I've certainly had my share of um, counseling and still do because I feel like getting that kind of um, deep support is, is essential if you want to keep growing. And that's what I'm committed to. Um, But it's really What happens, the difference is after you've been doing your work is that things arise, you see them and you move through them much more quickly. It doesn't have to turn into a big knockdown, drag out battle or giving your partner the cold shoulder for two days or something or or longer. It can be really quick. And that's the grace. That's the grace of doing your own personal work, your own inner work is that your ego is not so big Mm -hmm. and you can see things for what they are because you're aware and then you take responsibility and you talk about it and you move on. Yeah. You know, you make, you make the room to 
um, metabolize your feelings before you talk. You definitely don't be firing off, you know, reactive texts or emails. You restrict yourself from doing that. You feel your feelings, you neutralize, and then you come back and you say, okay, hey, honey, are you ready to talk about this now? This is what I realized, you know, was my part in it. One of the quotes that you had in the book that has been such a message that I've been receiving recently in my meditation, and especially in such a, a volatile year, shall I put it nicely, um, mm -hmm. is the, the space we have between the stimulus and the reaction. And mm -hmm. what a beautiful practice to take that beat first before responding. And if we were more conscious about responding with love that was in the greatest good of both people within the relationship or even just yourself that is more loving, whether it's loving thoughts or actions for your mind, body, and soul, I feel like that would completely change the way we responded to ourselves and to others. Absolutely. Take a beat. Take a pause. And actually, in a relationship, what I do and what I suggest is that you set up structures or have agreements around pausing. Because a pause is a chance to reset to the present moment. Because very often what happens is we, when we get triggered in an interaction with someone that we're close with, we, it's triggering the past. Mm. And sometimes we can't really discern or know the difference between uh, the past and the present and something that historically was potentially dangerous and even maybe life-threatening that that's not true in the present moment. So just to take that moment to pause and register what's happening right now rather than being controlled by the past, by the energy that is still um, calcified and showing up as a wound. Mm. So in the, in the pause, you come home to the moment and you say, okay, let me come back to myself, let me come back to my breath, let me come back to my heart, and am I safe right now? Or is this really a dangerous situation? And so to be able to distinguish is key. Because otherwise, we're just being co-opted by our history and controlled by our past. So in the pause, you can check it out. You can settle in, see what's really going on. And your partner can do the same. And I just want to name that what I'm saying is not just for one person in the partnership. It is for both people in the partnership to do these practices. And so you want to make sure also that you're not the one, the only one who's pausing that you really kind of make a collective agreement, hey, when things start to heat up and we're someone, one of us is triggered, let's just pause. Let's just come back to ourselves, close our eyes, make an agreement. I'm not leaving you. I love you. I'm here. And I'm just going to turn toward myself and get resourced and realigned. And then I'll interact. Taking that beat, I think, is so important. And I, I love how you made the point that it has to be both people who are actively participating in that. What advice would you give? Because I myself have experienced this, and I know a lot of listeners have felt the same, that 
when you're on this inner work journey and you are being conscious about your relationships and the way that you're showing up, but your partner isn't, and they might not be at the same level of self-awareness that you are, they might not be as present, and you might want to approach working through things or being more loving or accepting, but the other person isn't quite there yet. What advice would you give for someone who kind of feels like they're on an island and hasn't really made that conscious connection with their partner? Mm, it's a great question because it really, it shows up often. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I would say is you just, you do your part. You do your part. And Personally, I feel like what's really important in a relationship is that both people are invested in their own personal growth, in their own evolution, and recognizing that people have different timing mm -hmm. and that there's a different arc to each person's growth, to each person's flowering of their heart into love, into the, the deeper field of awareness. And so be patient, be patient and keep telling the truth. Because if your partner says, okay, uh, yes, I want I'm going to do my work, I'm going to do my work, but they don't do it, then you have to really ask yourself, does this work for me? Does this work for me to have somebody that says they're going to do their work, but they're actually not doing it? And maybe you could in suggest or invite, hey, would you be willing to get some assistance from a guide, from a coach, from a therapist, from a person you trust? And do that work because actually if you want to um, grow, it's really helpful to have assistance, especially if you're saying you want to do the work and you're not doing it. That would be a good sign that it's a great time to get some assistance. And for the person who is on the path and is doing their work, be patient, be patient and kept, keep noticing, am I in integrity with myself? Because this person, especially say if the person is um, engaging in some kind of addictive behaviors or just um, unconscious behaviors, things that are, are damaging to their health, see if you're actually allowing that and if it actually works for you or if it doesn't really work for you. So just keep telling the truth, be patient, be accepting. And make an agreement with yourself. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them, you know, this much space, this much time, because I know in my own relationship, we're both on our own trajectories, and we are both doing our work, and we do both get reflection and assistance, and that's what keeps things moving. You want to see movement, mm. basically, on both sides. I love so much how you talked about the 90-10 rule about 90% of the time is much more loving language and giving your partner whatever their love language is and being much more accepting. And then that 10% is maybe that instructive or constructive criticism of how you could improve your relationship or if there's something that your partner is doing that you might not be happy with. And I think that's important too, because what I found in my own relationship is I am usually, like you said in the book, that you're the other way around. 
And it's so natural to be like, why aren't you doing this? You should be doing this. Don't you see that I'm putting in this work? Why aren't you doing it this way? But like you so nicely reminded us that everyone has their own trajectory and their own growth patterns and what my self-development and soul work might look like. Someone else's might be completely different. That's right. And give them the space to have their own journey. Yeah. Really trying to control someone else is a bad idea. Yeah. It's just a bad idea. All the shoulds. Yeah, all the shoulds. <laughs> and yeah, the 90-10 rule is great. 90% of the time, you just are a positive, appreciative, acknowledging. And 10% of the time, you can make a suggestion, a gentle suggestion at the right moment where with something that you would like them to possibly shift or maybe a suggestion for improvement. Because if you don't do this, you're really not going to grow a very healthy garden. And, and my experience was that we were arguing and my partner felt very criticized. Yes. And that didn't make him open and blossom into love. And he felt like he had to be protected because people don't respond well to criticism. Criticism is one of the poisons for a relationship. So you really want to restrict yourself. If you're someone who notices what can be improved, notices the little things that could be dialed in a little bit more, you want to just change your perspective and look for what's working. Look for what's working. And especially in the greater world right now where things are upside down and inside out and backwards, look for what's working. Look for the little things that are working because it makes a tremendous difference. And what I noticed uh, now in my relationship, and it was just we were sitting at lunch yesterday and I had made lunch and we're both working from home. And my partner was so appreciative of this wonderful omelet and salad that I had prepared. And he said, oh, I feel so nourished. I feel so cared for. And let me tell you, he wasn't always saying those things. But because I've been practicing, to the best of my ability, this 90-10 rule, he's learned. Because we're modeling. If you want to have a healthy relationship and a loving relationship, then lead the way. Live that way. Love your partner up from a place of self-love, from a place of deep integrity. And I just have to say, when he said that, it just made me so happy. And I felt like, okay, it takes some time to make lunch. And he can make his own lunch. He knows how to cook (laughs) and care for himself. And so does my daughter. You know, when I took that time and then I got back that just loving, sweet reflection, it made all the difference. And it makes it, okay, yeah, you know, I will cook lunch. Not every day, but like I'm happy to do it because it's this beautiful, it's creating this beautiful flow of love between us, this cycle of offering and being received and expression of gratitude and receiving the gratitude so that there's this flow, this loop, this loop of love and gratitude and appreciation. I love so much what you say in your book about seeing your partner as a miracle and Mm. honoring them as a miracle. Because when Mm. we, when we 
when that becomes our reality, how is there not just this beautiful current of love from every angle? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, Lena, I just want to say, I really get that you, you went deep into, into being together into my book. It's like, it's so beautiful to hear. I'm just really appreciating um, hearing what landed with you and, and what touched you. And you're absolutely right. If you see your partner as a miracle, which is a challenge, right? Because you mm -hmm. wake up next to this person day after day, month after month, year after year. And they are a miracle. They don't have to be there with you. You don't have to be there with them. You're making a choice. And what a miracle mm -hmm. that someone, someone lovely, someone solid, someone kind, someone who has integrity is there with you. Mm -hmm. So for anyone who's listening, See if you can really notice your partner, like freshly. Take a moment, see them with fresh eyes. I do this. I do this for myself because I could wake up and I could find things that I wish were different or how he could grow or how he could change. And instead, I tell myself, wow, here's this lovely man. Okay, he snores. Okay, <laughs> he's a little messier than you are. Okay, he has this or that quality. But then I just say, wow, look at this person. He's here and he's awesome. He is a miracle because actually being in a human form is a miracle. It's a miraculous lifetime mm -hmm. to actually incarnate as a human being, even with the world, yes. as wonky as it is. It is a miracle because there is this opportunity of waking up to your true nature as love. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think why it so deeply resonated with me is because that's really so much of the most recent evolution and metamorphosis that I've taken is just so heart centered and so in line with love. And I almost received that exact message in a meditation was, isn't it a miracle that you are here in this lifetime and you in every single moment get to choose love? Oh, that's beautiful. Well, that is the possibility to choose love from moment to moment to moment, to choose to be loving with yourself, to choose to be loving with your partner, with all of the people in your world and in the world. Yeah. And it, it is, and it's an effort. And your question, you know, why would we do anything else? Well, we have a lot of imprints. There have been a lot of moments where that hasn't happened. We haven't done it. Someone hasn't been that way with us. And so it's really a re-patterning, a rediscovering, and making that choice. Reset. Reset your attention to love from moment to moment. And when you do that in a relationship, in a partnership, your partnership will just blossom. Your partnership will thrive. You'll laugh more together. I mean, I'm speaking from my own experience. You'll laugh more together. You'll feel safe to share the places that are really vulnerable and vulnerability is essential in a relationship. I talk about that in my book, mm -hmm. how that you really bring your vulnerable heart to the table and what's required in order to do that is to feel this, the love that's there and to be able to trust it. There's a fun fact that both you and I talk about Brene Brown in our books <laughs> mm. in relationship to vulnerability. 
Yes. Well, thank you to Brene. She, she's wonderful. Leading the way in the, ter- the terrain of vulnerability. But it's yeah. so true. But how can we encourage, because for me, someone like me, I've worn my heart on my sleeve my entire life. And now as I have put my whole heart out to the world, being vulnerable has become second nature to me. But mm. For someone who vulnerability may not come as easy or has a partner who has a lot of walls up around their own vulnerability, what advice would you give to creating a safe container for vulnerability and having these more raw and deeper shared experiences? Mm, That's a beautiful question. Well, you know what I would say is that, first of all, to, to let them be as they are so often we want to fix we want to change and that does not create a safe space for someone especially who has some walls up and you got to figure that they have these walls up for a reason and you may or may not uh, know the details of that reason or those reasons and so just to first of all give them space to be as they are which actually creates room for them to open when we don't push. So first of all, don't push. Just be very gentle. That's one thing. And another thing you can do is that when they are having a hard moment, definitely also please do not go into fixing mode. It's so tempting to try and fix and make suggestions and give advice. And my rule of thumb around giving advice is don't give it unless somebody asks. If they ask, I am so happy to share a reflection. But if they don't ask, I'm going to remain silent. So, you know, give space for someone to come forward. And in a moment of tenderness, when they're challenged, actually just be present. We had this happen a couple of weeks ago. My partner was doing a task and he made a mistake and he got really upset at himself. He wasted a bunch of water. He was filling something up and he forgot to, you know, close the valve on the tank. And he was so upset with himself, you know, disproportionately to the task at hand. And it was going to delay our departure. There were a whole host of things I could have been upset about. But instead, what I did, because I recognized he was being unduly hard on himself, is I just was present with him and I helped him to just realize it was not a big deal and that he could be gentle with himself. And I just held him in his feelings. And very, very quickly, he just came back to, yeah, you're right. This is old stuff. And I don't need to be so hard on myself about this. Cause I said, honey, it's no big deal. We'll just take a little longer. We were in Oregon. I said, Oregon has tons of rain. You know, there's no water shortage here right now. And so I would say just make room, make room and be kind. If you want to create the space for someone to be vulnerable, be present, be kind, be gentle, be accepting. Yeah, I think acceptance is key and presence is key too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's another part of your book that I want to talk about. Um, which I think 
brings it full circle back to this being a practice and love being a practice in our relationship being so deeply a spiritual practice. Um, Mm -hmm. And I have to admit, I didn't write down who originally said it, but you also said that it is a quote most widely recognized by Bruce Lee (laughs) that we don't Mm -hmm. rise to our expectations in challenging times, but instead we fall back on our level of practice And you said this in relationship of a gratitude practice and being grateful. And I think that's when I read that, it just all clicked. And I thought to myself, this is why we do the work. This is why we show up and we make a conscious effort for our own self-love and to cultivate a container of love for our partners and for our children. And it's such it was something that I think I couldn't put into words before and always understood why this was so important, but that just hit it right on the head. Yes, we do. That's why we, we practice. We really, we practice, practice who you want to be because that is what you will default to. And so if you want to be someone who is living a life of love then spend time tending to love, And really do a gratitude practice because gratitude changes everything, Mm -hmm. everything. And gratitude is immensely beneficial. It's like watering your garden with like the sweetest, purest water and letting it just be received by the earth. Gratitude just is so nourishing and take time. Take time to be grateful for yourself, grateful that you showed up in your relationship in a certain way, grateful that you didn't say, hey, honey, maybe you should, (laughs) or maybe you shouldn't. And just be grateful. Be grateful that you are committed to living a life where you're conscious and loving with yourself and also forgiving with yourself and your partner because we're human and we're evolving. And so to give ourselves space and to practice forgiveness and to really celebrate the little things, celebrate our little accomplishments, celebrate when, you know, we've, we've not escalated. We've actually managed ourselves and we haven't escalated. We haven't shut down. We haven't stormed out. And just celebrate that. Be like, wow, we did a great job on that. I did that the other night with my partner. We were working on kind of reorganizing and clearing out things, including his office. And, you know, historically, that could have been pretty edgy because we have different tempos. He's much more watery and his tempo is slower and I'm much more fiery. And I'm East Coast, so my tempo is fast. Yes, I get that. And yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. And so sometimes, you know, historically we've interfaced and he feels pressured by me and gets upset and, mm. you know, has to stop and move away. But we did this whole project and it, over the course of a few hours and it was, we had flow. And afterwards we looked at each other, we're like, wow, great job. Look what we just did. And we were, we were calm. We didn't get upset with each other or ourselves. And so it's to really take those moments to to celebrate and recognize and appreciate and acknowledge what's happening that's working 
Mm. and to live in gratitude for that and to let that really just soak in to your cells, soak into your heart because relationship and this was almost the title rather than being together. I was almost going to uh, call the book relationship, the final frontier. And I decided it was a little too Star Trek. So I didn't end up with that one. I think when we last spoke, that was its working title. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that was not what the title wanted to be. And I feel like being together is just that. It is the practice of being. Yes. Being with oneself, being present, being honest, being aligned. And and then doing that together. And both people are steeped in this beingness. And then we come together and it's just a celebration. It's fun. It's juicy. It's outrageous. It's delicious. Oh, and that's the last thing I'll, I'll say, or one of the last things I'll say is all of these things I'm talking about, we've been talking about gratitude and kindness and presence and gentleness. This all falls under the category of yum. Mm. So you want to engage in what is yummy whatever is reaches your partner whatever makes them smile and this goes both ways i'll say again and all the stuff that might fall under the category of yuck we just break it down into yum and yuck whatever is yucky all the criticism all the judgment all the shooting all the stuff that creates separation effectively mm-hmm. just dial that way way down because it is not, I promise you, it will not give you what you want, which is connection and a feeling of shared loving from moment to moment. So focus on what's, what gives you the yum feeling inside, the yum. what fills you with love. I love that, the yum. Yeah. Because it is, it's almost like you could just eat it up and you can't get enough of it. Yes, exactly. And neither can your partner. People really thrive on yum. And that doesn't mean you're sugarcoating. I'm not saying that. Don't sugarcoat. But align with what is truly delicious and delectable and offer that. And when you have to say something that's challenging, say it from a place of love. Mm. I think I always need that reminder that we have the power to choose that in each moment we even if there's something that maybe you're in a fight or you're frustrated by something that your partner did you always have the ability to still choose that love yes you do that's well said choose love and actually especially in moments of conflict or challenge you know like choose love Make a joke, smile. If you can smile, you're going to shift the course of the, of the conflict. You're going to diffuse it because conflict and challenge will arise. We're human. Mm-hmm. We're humans. We're two humans living in a box, as an old teacher of mine used to say. And so things are going to come up. It's not that things don't show up. It's just that, that we get to move through them quickly and easily and gracefully lovingly so find ways to 
interrupt and redirect something that's going south, something that's creating separation. Because in a relationship, what we want is connection. Yes. Connection. That's so true. And it's it's really that that yummy, that feeling of being satisfied emotionally and not it's hard to feel connected I think in this day and age at times we've created this society where we crave connection but the way we find it isn't necessarily what what um what's the word I'm looking for that satisfies that Mm -hmm. and so how can we cultivate more of this connection and these meaningful moments especially at a time where our plates are very full and we might not necessarily have that space to take a step back and have those that conscious self-awareness to add more love and we might have a little bit of space to act how do you suggest that we really cultivate that connection in those loving moments in a time where we might be really stressed and watching our kids and working from home or we are fearful about what's happening in the world or scared about what's happening in the political climate. How do we cultivate our this bubble? I, I think you call it the couple bubble. <laughs> mm-hmm. The couple bubble. Mm-hmm. How do we cultivate more connection and love in these tiny moments when we might not have the the full space to give what we want to give right now? Well, I think that's an important question. And it doesn't have to take a lot of time. It can be very small things. And the couple bubble, which is a term from Stan Tatkin, is it's what I like to call the we. It's mm-hmm. like noticing, taking a moment, just take a moment, take one breath and really check in. Is this action in service of harmony in my relationship? How is this going to impact my partner if I say or do this or that? Just just check yourself. Just set yourself up to just notice, wow, I'm actually really stressed. I'm feeling really afraid for all the reasons you just mentioned, politically, environmentally, all the things that are going on in the world. I'm feeling really maxed out. Those are moments to be silent. Those are moments to just maybe ask your partner for a hug or say, could you hold my hand or could you hold my feet? Do you have a moment for me? You know, and before you even approach them, be quiet with yourself. Just take literally 30 seconds to come back to yourself. And if you really can't regulate and you're hurting and you're upset, then reach out. And check in. Hey, is this a good time? Do you have a minute? Do you have two minutes? Because people are working. But really, I just highly encourage you to interact as much as you can from a regulated place, from a calm place, from a place where you feel connected to yourself. Because I have to say, there is nothing going on that is more important than you being connected to yourself. Because if you're relating to your partner, your kid, your dog from a place of upset, from a place where you're just up in your head and you're spinning, that is most likely not going to end well. And it's and then that's what you're putting into the field. Then that's what you're offering to 
the people, the beings in your life. And I feel like one of the most important things that we can all do right now is cultivate a practice, have some kind of practice, whether it's a walking or moving meditation or a seated meditation. There are so many meditations out there on all different kinds of free apps. I have a whole bunch of meditations on Insight Timer, which is free. There are many, many opportunities to meditate. And I feel like what each one of us can do to create a better world is start with ourselves, start with settling ourselves, aligning with ourselves, really tending to ourselves because love is our nature. So even though we might be, you know, wrought with so many stresses from the world, love is your nature. So put your attention on that because that is a contribution to your life and to the world. That's what we have to give is the energy that we are walking through life with. And that will impact your relationship with yourself and with your partner. So really just take that time and remember that you matter, that that your state of being is essential. You can't have a, a healthy relationship with anyone else if you're just totally distraught inside. So take that time for yourself even when you don't have it. <laughs> that was so beautiful. And I think a perfect mm-hmm. note to end on, it was such a pleasure to have you and to be in your presence and your light Aww. and your loving words. Again, might you tell everyone where they can find your book, Being Together? Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me, Lena. It's just the the pleasure is completely mutual and I really honor and support you on your journey and sharing your love and light with the world as you are. It's beautiful. So where you can get my book being together, you can get it on Amazon and you can also get it on Barnes and Noble online. So please check it out. It's there in the paperback version and the ebook version. And I am currently uh, beginning to record the audiobook. So you can keep your eye out for that in uh, in the first quarter of the year, probably around you know February, March. So that is happening and I'm also putting together an online program that will follow the book. and so it'll be a kind of workshopping the book for anyone who's interested, whether you're single or in a couple. So please contact me and to find out more about that. And also if, and when you do read the book for whoever is listening, when you read being together, please drop me a note. I would love to hear from you. I would so love to hear about your experience. It's been so gratifying Lena to hear everything that you've received um, from reading being together. And the only other thing I'll say about being together is that it works really well. If you're in a couple to read it together. Mm. And and some people I know are reading a chapter a week and then they sit with it. So the chapters are short. It's meant to be very uh, a pretty easy read, very accessible. And then reflect on it. Talk about it. How does this apply to us? And is there one thing 
that we can practice together from this chapter. That's my my um, invitation to you. So thank you. It's a wonderful idea. And I will post mm. the link to it in the show notes so everyone can find it. And Padma, thank you so much for mm, taking the time you. to sit with me. I-